0: The Guardian. Order. Questions to the Prime Minister. Louise Ellman.
1: Question number
0: one, Mr Speaker. Mr Speaker, before listing my engagements, I'm sure the whole House will wish to join me in sending our profound condolences to the families and friends of Senior Aircraftsman Graham Livingston and Senior Aircraftsman Gary Thompson, who were killed in Afghanistan on Sunday 13th April and Trooper Robert Pearson, who was killed in Afghanistan on Monday, the 21st of April. We owe them and all others who have lost their lives a deep debt of gratitude. Mr. Speaker, I'm sure also I speak for the whole House when I say how sad we were to learn of the death of Gwyneth Dunwoody. Uh, She was a great parliamentarian. She was the longest-serving female member of this House. She will be greatly missed from her usual seat in this chamber. And our thoughts and our prayers are with. her her family. Mr Speaker, this morning I had meetings with Ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties in the House, I shall have further such meetings later today. Elman.
1: Uh, while I welcome the very recently published letter from the Chancellor, I ask the Prime Minister if he will give a specific commitment to bring forward in this financial year specific measures to protect the 5 million people who will be penalised from the abolition of the 10p tax band. Would he agree that such a step would be consistent with the government's successful policies in combating poverty, making work pay and bringing people from welfare into work?
0: Mr Speaker, for over a decade with the minimum wage and child and pension credits this government has done more than any government in a century to tackle child poverty and help low-income families. But as we have found, there are better ways of helping low-income families than the 10p rate. I think I should tell the House that 85% of the benefits of the 10p rate go to higher rate and basic rate taxpayers. That there are 11 million people mainly the lowest-income people in this country who get no benefit at all from the ten-spence rate. And that's why, to tackle poverty, we have increased tax credits. And And that's why, Mr Speaker, in the budgets, we have increased child tax credits, we've increased pension credits, and increased the pension tax allowance. And that's why the Chancellor has said today in his letter to the Treasury Select Committee, repeating what he said yesterday, that for those groups that have missed out the 60 to 64 year olds that is pensioners of pensionable age 60 to 64 who were benefiting from the 10 pence rate we will bring forward proposals perhaps using the mechanism of the winter allowance so that they have additional money and it can be paid back to April this year and that is why also on the working tax credit where there are issues about young people and issues about part time workers we will also bring forward proposals soon in time for the pre-budget report Mr. Speaker, we are determined to take action because we are the party of fairness tackling poverty. I would, be, I would prefer, I would prefer to be on this side cutting poverty than that government when they were in power trebling poverty.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> I think we can call this session Prime Ministers' U-turns rather than Prime Ministers' I join the Prime Minister in paying tribute to Senior Aircraftman Graying Livingston and Senior Aircraftman Gary Thompson, who were killed in Afghanistan on Sunday the of April, and to Trooper Robert Pearson, who was killed this Monday. The whole of this country owes them a great debt of gratitude. I also associate my party with the Prime Minister's warm words about Gwyneth Dunwoody. She was the very model of an independent backbencher and Select Committee Chairman. She spoke her mind. She had no truck with political correctness. She was courageous in her political beliefs. And she... (laughs) I can remember exactly where she sat. But she was never afraid to hold any government to account if if she thought they, they were doing the wrong thing. And she'll be sorely missed on all sides of the House of Commons. The Prime Minister's emergency announcement about income tax this morning represents a massive loss of authority. This morning, this morning, we have had panic concessions before coming to the House of Commons. We were told there would be no backdown. We've had a back down. We were told he couldn't rewrite the budget. He's rewriting the budget. We were told there'd be no concessions. There are now massive concessions. So will he tell us... Is he making these changes because he thought he'd lose the vote next week?
0: (laughs) We've said said for some time that we want to do more to help people on low income. And and if I also also say to him this, his party policy two years ago was to abolish the 10p rate. Last year it was to abstain on the 10p rate. This year it is to keep the 10p rate. They are the no, don't know, yes party. They cannot make up their mind what they're going to do. We will be consistent in our desire to tackle child poverty.
2: Consistent. Does the Prime Minister have any idea what a pathetic cut figure he cuts today? He is, he is making these changes because he thought he'd lose the vote. Or is this like the general election that he cancelled even though he thought he was going to win it? isn't he just taking people for fools once again? Why won't he admit it? He's not making these changes because he thinks they're right. He's not making these changes because he wants to help the people that he hurt. He's making these changes because he was frightened of losing a vote. Why not admit it? Why not be straight with people?
0: I see his newfound enthusiasm for poverty has lasted only a few seconds. Why does he not address the central issue? And the central issue is we are taking more people out of poverty than any previous government. Now, if we took the advice of the Opposition Party, we would not have a minimum wage, yet 2 million people are better off. If we took his advice, we would not have tax credit, yet 6 million people are better off. If we took his advice, there'd be 10 billion of tax cuts depriving the poor of the public services they need. Mr Speaker, the choice is very clear between a Conservative Party that would cut the incomes of the poor and a Labour Party that will increase them.
2: What this is about... What this is about is weakness, dithering and indecision from the Prime He talks about the central issue. Let us deal with the central issue. Why did all this begin? This began because, as Chancellor of the Exchequer, he stood there and presented a tax-con budget to try and wrong-foot the opposition, to try and pose as a tax cutter, to try and win a few cheap headlines in the newspapers, and he did all of it. He did all of it on the back of 5.3 million of the poorest people in our country. he admit now that budget was a gross miscalculation that budget was immoral and will he apologize
0: for the tax con budget because everybody now agrees that the 10p rate is not the best way of tackling poverty and the conservative party agreed with that 2 years ago they abstained on the vote a year ago and now are supporting the 10p rate and nobody believes their credibility in that matter let me just quote let me just quote what the leader of the opposition said that he wanted to simplify all our tax rate and produce one ban, somewhere around 20 pence. That applied to spending, saving, capital gains and income and abolish all endless reliefs and credit. The policy he announced in 2002 was not just cutting the 10 B rate but abolishing tax credits and abolishing allowances. That is not a party that cares about the poor. That is a party that put more people in poverty. Yeah.
2: As ever, he was about to thump 5.3 million of the poorest people in our country and he's scrabbling around with policy documents trying to find some excuses. As ever, no apology. No omission of guilt, just a U-turn to try and save his skin. Doesn't this climb down tell us all you need to know about this government? It is always about politics, not about policy. It's always about calculation, not about conviction. It's always about his self-interest, not the national interest. Does this Prime Minister think his reputation can ever recover?
0: Mr Speaker, why does he not address the central issue how we lift people out of low incomes and poverty in this country. Why does he not admit that as a result of our tax credits, which we opposed, 3 million children are in families with incomes of more than £80 a week in addition to 1997? And why does he not admit that there are 2 million pensioners because of the pension credit with incomes £40 more than 1997? None of that could be achieved by the 10p rate. It can only be achieved by tax credits, which he opposes. And why doesn't he recognise that under this government, a million pensioners have been taken out of poverty, nearly a million children taken out of poverty, three million more jobs created. We are nearer to full employment than at any time in our history. And none of them could have happened if we'd followed the policies of the Conservative Party. The truth is, the truth
2: is that under this government... Yes, I'll tell you what is more. Under this government, there are 600,000 more people in extreme poverty than when they came to power. The Prime Minister talks about the central issue. The central issue here is his massive loss of authority. Was there ever anything more humiliating than a Prime Minister breaking off his talks with the President, asking for an outside line in the White House to beg with one of his PPSs not to resign? This is what Labour MPs, this is what Labour MPs, they should be quiet and listen. This is what Labour MPs are saying.
1: This Let the Leader of Opposition speak. Oh, Thank you. The Honourable Lady's too noisy. too noisy. And so shows that uh, Lord High Chancellor, that's his title now, he's too noisy as
2: well. Uh, it's not often you have to give the Lord Chancellor an Asbo. <laughs> this, is, this is what Labour MPs are saying about their Prime Minister. He's losing touch. He doesn't know what fairness is. He needs to see the eyes, he needs to see the world through the eyes of voters. He's like a scared rabbit in the headlights. The Labour peer, Lord Desai, the Labour peer Lord Desai said the Prime Minister's leadership style is like porridge. Another week like this, and it'll be Cheerios. <laughs> Isn't it, the case, isn't it the case, Mr Speaker, that the Labour Party have finally worked out that they've got a loser, not a leader? Yeah. Mr Speaker,
0: why, why does he never address the central issues? Yeah. Oh, Abder. Oh, Abder. I the Prime Minister to be here. The Prime Minister, oh, why, Mr Speaker, does he never address the central issue? Child benefit increased from £11 to £20 under this government. The poorest child in the country, £27 under the Conservatives, £75 under Labour. Tackling poverty so that nearly a million children are out of poverty. A million pensioners out of poverty. These are the things we're doing. Now here is the choice. A Labour government that supports a minimum wage, supports tackling child poverty, Pensioner poverty and has got three million people in jobs, and a Conservative party that would go for 10 billion of tax cuts, the priority going to stamp duty on shares and not to the poorest in the country. I know what side the country is on. The
2: central issue is the Prime Minister's weakness and his inability to hold to a position for longer than half an hour. That is what the humiliating climb down today is all about. But isn't the real lesson of today this? The only time, the only time when this Prime Minister listens to people is when he's faced with personal defeat. And isn't that the lesson that everyone in this country, in London and beyond, should think about on May the 1st? That if if they want to send a message to this weak and incompetent government that enough is enough?
0: Mr Speaker, they used to oppose the 10p rate. Then last year, they abstained on the 10p rate. Then now this year, as a result of their opportunism, they wanted to keep the 10p rate. We are for opportunity for everyone. They are for opportunism in everything. (laughs) Mr Speaker.
1: OAPs are now able to travel with their freedom passes before 9 a.m. This has been warmly welcomed in my constituency in Brent and all around London and even replicated around the UK. Does my right honourable friend agree with me that the proposal by the opposition to abolish the freedom pass is more more dim-witted than dimwitted?
0: Mr Speaker, I I am proud of our record on free travel for pensioners. And I'm proud that in London, the mayor has been able to extend free travel to large numbers of additional groups of people. But I think we've got to remember that the candidate for the Conservative mayor in London says we have got to be absolutely clear where the scope for real economies is. The real big ticket is the Metropolitan Police and transport for London. That's where the real savings, believe me, are to be found. So the choice is very clear. Investment in transport under Labour Cuts in transport under the Conservatives.
1: Uh, I'd like to add my my own expression of of sympathy and condolence to the family and friends of. Uh, Uh, Ardell. Hello, the right honourable gentleman, to be here. Uh, 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 Ardell. Ardell. Sympathy and condolence to the family and friends of senior aircraftman Graham Livingston, senior aircraftman Gary Thompson, and trooper Robert Pearson and to the family and friends of that exceptional parliamentarian, the unforgettable, formidable uh, Gwyneth Dunwoody, who, as we know, enjoyed enormous admiration on all sides of the House. Mr Speaker, I thought penalising the poor to reward the rich was the job of the Conservative Party. So as the Prime Minister deliberately makes over 5 million of them, even worse off in this country. Can you explain to me why he's doing
0: the Tories' job for them? We have done more to take children out of poverty than any government in the history of this country since the Second World War. And we have done more to take more pensioners out of poverty than any government. And contrary to the advice of the Liberal Party, who wanted us to abolish the New Deal, we've helped more young people and long-term into work than any other government since 1945. If we'd taken the advice of the Liberal Party, there would have been high unemployment where there is now low unemployment. Speaker, that, that Labour members
1: are now in full cry, but where were they on Budget Day? Why, you, why were you silent then? The, the truth is that under his government, income inequality is rising, working age poverty is up, and now he is doubling the tax rate for the lowest earners. Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister used to be a man of principle. But if he can't deliver on poverty, what on earth is the point of this increasingly pointless Prime Minister?
0: The point is to have economic growth in this country that gets more people into work and that could not happen under Liberal policies. The point of this Government is to take more people out of poverty, and that is what we are doing, with children coming out of poverty. The point is to take more pensioners out of poverty, and that is exactly what we are doing. I repeat, if we had followed the policies of the Liberal Party, there would be less people in work and more people in poverty. Thank you.
1: Mr. Speaker, last week the Prime Minister made a very successful visit to Ilford, to my constituency. Does, does, Does the Prime Minister agree that London is the most successful, diverse city in the world, with fantastic community relations, with investment in buses and trains and crossrail to come. And does he
2: he think
1: that all that would be put at risk if 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 someone if someone with uncosted commitments and shadow
0: Mr Speaker, people know that more people are able to use public transport, more people using our buses, more people using our London Underground as a result of the policies of the Mayor of London. And more more people are able to get affordable housing also as a result of the policies of the Mayor of London. What would be completely unacceptable to the people of London is to wake up and find that as a result of a Conservative Mayor Housing was being cut, affordable housing was being taken away and the very transport services they relied on were being savagely cut. That we will not allow to happen.
1: Thank you, Thank you, Mr Speaker. Tomorrow teachers are going to be away from work on strike. Today, should they be away from
2: work on a bank holiday?
0: Mr, Mr. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker uh, let, let me deal with the first question. Uh, the first part of the question first. I think it is very regrettable that the teachers are going on strike tomorrow and the reason is that even the chairman of the pay review body has said this is an independent award independently adjudicated and one that the teachers should be prepared to accept and I hope that after reflection the teachers will reconsider the action that they're going to take in the future on this matter as far as uh, St George's Day that is a matter for public debate as to whether this is going to be a holiday David Anderson
1: Thank you Mr Speaker Mr. Speaker, one of the best performing schools in this country is the Wickham Sports College in my constituency. Sadly, a number of weeks ago, it was badly damaged by fire. Can I ask the Prime Minister to urge the Schools Minister to sit down with the local education authority and the school to try and bring forward BSF money to repair the school and not, like the party opposite, do away with billions of the BSF
0: programme? Mr. Speaker, I, I, I know that the school in his constituency to which he refers was subject to a fire but the children are now back in the school and I know that he wishes resources uh, for urgent repair work the building schools for the future uh, programme is increasing the number of secondary schools that are either renewed or completely uh, rebuilt and he is absolutely right, what would put that at risk is the Conservative proposal to take four and a half billions from that programme and to deprive people of the secondary schools that they've been promised
2: Robin Goodwill yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the first stage of the renewable transport fuel scheme came into operation last week. Could I ask the Prime Minister what his priority is? Is it to put bioethanol in a Range Rover's
0: fuel tank, or, put, or to put bread in an African stomach? Ah. Mr Speaker, if, if, we, we, had a, we had a seminar on uh, food yesterday in Downing Street with all the different organisations that are involved. And I think there's a general recognition that the policy on bioethanol has got to be reviewed. But there is also, there is also, there's also, I may say, we, 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 have, we have removed the tax incentives associated with it. But there is also a determination that we do more to increase the supply of food in the world. I think he will be aware that the increasing numbers of consumers in China and India are pushing the demand for food up at the same time as the supply is not rising. And that's why we were discussing yesterday emergency measures that can both increase food supply in the short term and avoid famine, Uh, but also increase food supply in the longer term to cut the prices of food in this country as in every country in the world and I hope there would be all party agreement on the need to take action on this
1: My right honourable friend will know that the Chancellor's recently implemented budget has benefited four out of five households uh, in this country. Could I say to him that I'm pleased uh, that we're going to look at the fifth household as well Could I say, my Right Honourable Friend will know, that constituencies like mine have suffered from poverty for generations now, not helped by governments in the past that have closed coal mines and caused massive unemployment. And that this government has no lessons to learn from the anti-poverty
0: lobby set on the opposition benches. Mr Speaker, uh, we have halved unemployment in the last 10 years. There are 3 million more people in jobs. We have virtually eliminated long-term youth unemployment we could not have done that without the New Deal, opposed by the party's opposite. We will continue to create jobs. They are the party that in government created mass unemployment. Seems, I, Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister claims
1: to be the party that looks after jobs. Will he explain why it was that this week uh, the chicken factory in Southern Benjamin, my constituency, was closed to a loss of 450 jobs? Hard on the heels of High Grade in Chiffiner was 600 jobs. Hard on the heels of St Dival in Wooden Bassett, 500 jobs. Hard on the heels of Dyson moving 1,000 jobs offshore. Does the Prime Minister take any personal responsibility at all for the meltdown in manufacturing in my constituency, or is it all somebody else's fault? Ah.
0: Uh, Of course, whenever uh, jobs go in any particular part of the country, uh, that is a matter to be regretted. But the important thing is that we are creating more new jobs and creating them more quickly than other countries. And I just have to remind them that employment in the last figures was at record levels 29.5 million people in work, 3 million more than 1997 and employment is up in every region and country of the United Kingdom Our unemployment rate contrasts with a rate twice that in Germany and France rising in America and I think he should give some recognition of the fact that even in difficult global times we are continuing to create jobs and continuing to bring unemployment down John McFall I welcome the
2: Chancellor's letter to me this morning on the Treasury inquiry and the 10 pence tax
1: rate and his clear commitment in particular to help the low paid without children and the pensioners under 65 and make those changes backdated to this financial year. The Prime Minister will be aware that the Treasury Committee has
2: identified four groups and our inquiry will be reporting before the report stage on the finance bill. Can I seek the cooperation of the Prime Minister to seriously consider our recommendations and contemplate any further measures which the Treasury Committee would
0: propose in this inquiry? I just have to point out to to the Treasury Committee that when uh, you look at the figures, 70% of those people uh, who were losing in the budget are people with incomes above £20,000. And while there are many people who are low paid and on low incomes that are now being helped by the child tax credit, which we've raised, and by pensioners' tax allowances, which have been extended, and by the pensioner credit, which is uh, rising, and by the working tax credit, there is more that can be done in those two areas that I've talked about, helping pensioners 60 to 64, uh, and we will bring forward proposals soon, and equally helping those on low pay who are part of... Uh, who are part of the low-paid group in our society, but not part of the working tax credit. Now, that is what we are going to look at over the next step, period of time. Obviously, we'll do so in consultation with the Treasury Select Committee, but it is important to recognise uh, that of those who lost in that budget, 70% were above £20,000. Peter Lilly, Daddy Taylor. Mr. Mr
1: Speaker,
0: uh, would my friends agree uh, with
1: me that the Army Cadet Forces, who are national voluntary youth organisations, are excellent and the best youth organisations in Great Britain today. They're organised by enthusiastic staff and by officers. My detachment, the Durham ACF take 700 youngsters away
0: during a summer holiday, many of whom would never go away on holiday. Would my right honourable friend announce to the House today what further my government is
1: prepared to do to support the future of the Army Cadet Forces? I'm
0: grateful to, to, to my friend because she works with her local Army Cadets and she plays a very prominent role in the Army Cadets in her area. And I've been hugely impressed by the good work of our cadet forces, the Combined Cadet Force, the Sea Cadet Corps, the Army Cadet Force and the Air Training Corps. And they do develop a sense, sense of uh, self-reliance and service to the community amongst young people. And I praise all adults who are being involved I- in this. Uh, We will uh, provide uh, extra money to help the development of cadet forces, not just in uh, some schools, but right across a whole range of uh, schools. And, of course, we are committed to providing more money for positive opportunities for young people in this country. The cadet forces play an important role. We are determined to extend them. Lee Scott. Prime Minister, my constituents in Ilford North
1: arrive home late at night, late at night, to find some unmanned stations... Is this not, and would you agree with me, that the current moribund Mayor of London is letting them down and
0: hopefully next week we'll have a Mayor of London who will protect their safety? If if that is the case, the last thing that that party would want to do is to cut spending on transport, but that's exactly what the policy of the party is. Lynn Brown.
1: Mr Speaker, people on good salaries tend to ensure that they're paying the correct amount of tax and taking advantage of any tax concessions or tax relief that's available to them. People on low incomes do not. Will my Right Honourable friend ensure that there is a concerted and sustained effort? to ensure that people are taking full advantage of the tax credits and concessions and benefits that they are entitled to. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: As, as my honourable friend says, tax credits uh, are important, and they're important because they can take people out of poverty. And that's why, whether it be tax credits or whether it be cancelled tax benefit and housing benefit, we are promoting an awareness campaign targeted at pensioners so they know of their rights, so they can apply for the benefit, and we are determined that all the benefit that is due to pensioners and others gets to them as quickly as possible.
1: Thank you Mr Speaker uh, The Westland General Hospital is the major provider or the provider of acute coronary and other medical services to an area larger than Greater London but those services are proposed for closure later this year That would leave, if we believe our local ambulance service which of course we must that 63% of my constituents would take more than the golden hour to get to hospital in the event of a stroke or a heart attack. Will the Prime Minister take a personal interest in this matter, and will he agree to meet with me and local health professionals in South Lakeland to help resolve it?
0: Well, obviously, I I shall look at what he says and the facts he brings before me, but I think he's got to put this in its proper perspective that we've doubled expenditure on the National Health Service, there are 30,000 more doctors, there are 80,000 more nurses, and 110 hospitals have either been built anew or are being refurbished. Of course I will look at what he says, but I think he should put it in its proper perspective. There is more investment than ever before in the health service in his area.
1: Nigel so, Griffiths, will my uh, right honourable friend send a clear message to Robert Mugabe to stop brutalising legitimate opposition? to listen to the democratic will of that country and to go.
0: Mr Speaker, I agree with my Honourable Friend that a message should be sent from the whole of the United Kingdom that what is happening in Zimbabwe, failing to announce an election result, trying to rig an election result is completely unacceptable and I call on the whole world to express its view that this is completely unacceptable to the whole of the international community. We will promote, we will, because of what's happened in South Africa, uh, where there is an arms shipment trying to get to Zimbabwe, uh, we will promote uh, uh, proposals for an embargo on all arms to Zimbabwe. And at the same time, we ask all the African Union observers and international observers to make their views known about the unfairness of this election.
1: If the
2: Prime Minister will not say sorry for the 10p tax fiasco, will he at least apologise for last night voting down the restoration of the earnings link for the state pension, or is is sorry the hardest word?
0: Mr Speaker, uh, perhaps I could remind him it was a Conservative government that abolished the earnings link on pensions. And perhaps I can also remind him it is a Labour government that is committed to restore it. And the reason is... And the reason is we take seriously our responsibility to the dignity and security of everyone in retirement and we will restore the earnings link for pensions. Order. A point of order, Mr. Uh, Mr.
2: Speaker, on Monday, the House heard, under parliamentary privilege, a savage attack on Mr. Mohammed Al-Fayed. Could, the, Mr. Speaker, you tell me whether any redress at all exists for people who are traduced even under parliamentary privilege
1: uh, uh, Order Privilege is absolute Order You know well, uh- For more discussion and analysis download Guardian Daily That's the Guardian's news podcast available first thing in the morning Monday to Friday For more great downloads go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio